You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Gifted. I am really excited today. We've got somebody that's going to ignite the fire inside of you on today. We Today, you know, we will be sharing insights on how we can create a more sustainable future through innovation and collaboration. So get ready to be inspired and challenged and empowered to take action. I am really excited for my guest today because he is called to preach. And he is Dr. <laughs> Dr. Eric Liddell Boone, who was born on April 26, 1982. And he received his Bachelor's of Science degree in Business Administration from Rockford College in Rockford, Illinois. And on May 14, 2011, he received his Master's of Arts degree in Divinity from Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. And in September 2014, he earned a doctorate in ministry degree also at Liberty University. He's a young man. I don't know how he got all of these degrees in at age 24, but you know, God is good. God is good. He's also married to the lovely Tarika Nettie Boone, and they are blessed with four children. Commits to preaching his ministry at age 22, and God has really, really favored this young man, allowing him tremendous explosive growth to accompany his ministry. Now, Reverend Brune is truly grateful that God allowed him to the privilege to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost. And he's dedicated to committing to telling a dying world about the living savior. And he's also the pastor of two churches, one in Gary, Indiana, and the other one in Hammond, Indiana. So he's pastoring two campuses at this time. Welcome to the show, Dr. Boone. How you doing, this amazing woman? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm really got uh, so many things we have to talk about. I want to just deep sea dive for a little bit because you're a young man with all of these degrees. When did you realize your calling to go into the ministry? Well, um, I I knew since I was a little boy that I wanted to impact the world and the community in some shape, form, or fashion. Um, my dad had his hand in the medical field a little bit when he was younger. And I, my dad was my hero. And um, I, I said, I'm going to be a doctor when I grow up. And um, I was thinking doctor of medicine, but didn't know that God was going to make me a doctor for ministry to be able to impact the souls and spirit of people all across the world. So my grandfather was also an amazing pastor. I seen him impact people's lives in such an amazing way. He was the founder of the Indiana Christian Bible College and the founder of the Indiana Christian Rescue Mission with people who are struggling with alcoholism, drug abuse, battling different addictions, even battled women. Um, no matter what your plight was, he brought you in to help you get from that one state to the next to become an overcomer. And um, and I watched this. It was mimicked in front of me. And that's why I was able to be able to model and be inspired about going out and making a difference. Um, so a young boy, but, um, you know, growing up, sometimes you get caught up in some of the wrong things and stuff deter you. 
I played ball, I traveled the country, but when I graduated from college, I was on my way to Miami, I had a condo in Boca Raton. I'm about to take my talents to South Beach like LeBron James. The next day <laughs> after I graduated college, God called me to preach. I was 23 years old. I gave it all up and said, I'm 100% in to walk with God and make a difference. That's amazing. Would you say that your grandfather was more of a mentor to you um, during those times? And as you look back on the years and what he was doing, that it kind of mirrored what you're doing today? Man, my grandfather was just my grandfather. You know what I mean? A man I love who after church took us to KFC or McDonald's and say, pick what you want. Okay. Um, just, man, a great heart. He was only, he was, I was only 12 years old when he passed away. Oh my. Oh my. Yeah, so I was still a young boy. Um, I just remember it vividly somehow, some way. I gave my life to Christ when I was seven. I remember him baptizing me. And right before he took me under the water, he whispered in my ear that you would be a swimmer one day. Mm -hmm. So I thought he was saying, I'll learn how to swim. So we was on vacation. We went on a four-week vacation without packing. I never forget. And mm -hmm. I learned how to swim in Atlanta, Georgia. And I said, Granddaddy told me I'll learn how to swim. But it was years later when I baptized the first person for the first time that that voice echoed in my ear and said, I told you, you will be a swimmer one day. Wow, wow. That's amazing. And and so all of these, all this time of things that you've gone through, um, I want to talk a little bit about because a lot of people are lost today. They don't know how to find Christ or to get to Christ because there's so many distractions in the world. And you mentioned that, you know, as a young boy, you kind of had a little direction from your grandfather and then you kind of started going out there doing some different things. How can a young person today be able to find their path to Christ? Because we have social media. We have so much going on in the world and there's so many distractions and and demonic influences are real. We know that. Um, so how can a person be able to, would you say, find Christ in the midst of all of the commotion and confusion and all of the different doctrines that are circulating out there and and things like that? Because I think for our young people today, it's really important. But there's a lot of older people that say God is an atheist. They don't believe, I mean, they don't believe in, in God. So how do you get a person to come to that path to know that God is real and that he could save no matter what they've gone through, the lost? Absolutely. So that's our job as the church. Mm -hmm. That's why it's imperative that we be intentional about the Great Commission. You talked about commotion. You talked yeah. about confusion. Yes. But that's the power of the commission. The commission is to go out and tell this dying world about our living Savior. But mm -hmm. before we be faithful to carrying out the Great Commission, we must first be faithful to the Great Commandment. Oh, the Great right. Commandment is to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. See, some people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes. The Bible said that they know that we are Christians by our love. Mm -hmm. Love makes a difference. God loved us so much that he refused to leave us the same way he found us. Mm. This is a love thing for God so loved the world. Even mm. when we were in a lost state, even when we was in a confused state, even when we was in darkness, it was his love that had the power to um, draw us back into his light. So that's my job is to go out and share the love of Christ, to love on people, to find them where they are and see what they need. Let them know who I am. Relationship is key. Relationship is the ship that gives birth to every other ship. Mm -hmm. Without relationship, there's no kinship. Without relationship, 
there's no friendship. Without relationship, there's no leadership. Some people try to lead people before they connect with people. And the engine cannot take anything with them unless the caboose is connected to the rest of the train. So you talks about these distractions that are real in this world. And I have to realize that a distraction is nothing but an unhealthy attraction. That's what a distraction. A distraction is the unhealthy attraction. The enemy always try to distract to get you off track. He want to derail you and detour you and to get you in a place where you cannot connect with the truth. But God has given us favor. Um, right now, over 370 people have given their life to Christ in Gary, Indiana. Amen. A place that's, you know what I mean, that's known for so much around this country uh, from the from the drugs, from the gangs, from the violence, from the homicide. And the Bible talks about the power of love, how love covers a multitude of sins. So that's our thing is to go out, spread love, connect with them, share what God has given us. Because God said, if you go low, I will be with you. And somehow, some way, God always put us in position to connect with people, even with these mind frames, even with social media out. The Bible still works. The word still works. Now, they go receive a message. Either the one God gives us to give them or the one that social media or someone else offers. That's true. And you said an important thing that distraction is an unhealthy attraction. I want to talk a little bit about reaching, um, you know, the world through Christ, through the inner city, because some of those things that you mentioned in the community that you're in are worldwide. Um, we're seeing these things leaking into even our government, you know, people being arrested and, and things that are going on. So from the government officials to, you know, from politics to even within the church, you're finding some discrepancies and some things going on, some unhealthy uh, a type of attractions. How can we as a people be able to reach Christ in the inner city where these problems are prevalent every day? People are living, seeing murder, crime, you know, sh shootings, um, drive by shootings, um, all types of things going on. How can we reach this dying world? So that's that's my heartbeat. That's what I live for. That's the reason I'm on earth. Um, I had opportunities to move to so many different places across the country, to pastor in so many different places across the country. And God hasn't released me from um, from Gary and Hammond and just Northwest Indiana because I'm assigned to that. So um, I did my, for my dissertation um, to finish my doctorate, I did my dissertation on inner city evangelism, a model for reaching gangs for Christ. And it's used across the country. I didn't seen it used all over, even out the country, even from the FBI, different governmental people. Um, a lot of places in California have used this as a reference of resources to look up to. So it's a model, it's a bridge to get you from gang family to God family. Wow. It, it's a to get you from vice lord to Christ lord. Mm. It's a setup to get you from GD to GOD. From the Latin king to the king of kings, from Blackstone to him who's the chief cornerstone, and from Crips and blood to Jesus Christ who went on Calvary and shed his blood. Let me tell you this. A lot of times people join gangs is because love is missing out of the household. They're, wow, looking for, wow. they're, looking, they're looking for a place where they can belong, a place where they can call family, a place where they can get protection and security, a place where they can even make money. Because it's amazing how sometimes it seems like these different organizations and entities is doing a better job in recruiting than the church is. 
That's because true. The, the Great Commission cannot be neglected. The church that refused to evangelize is a church that has lost its biblical reason to exist. Mm. And remember, the church that refused to evangelize will soon fossilize. Mm. It will be it would be dinosauric because if the ends don't go out, then the outs will never come in. So we have become lazy. We have become into inviting people to the church business. That's not the Great Commission. It's a get out and you go beyond the four walls. But it seems as if we have responded to God's goal what I know. <laughs> we have given God an N-O to his G-O. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason it could be like that, um, not because of what this organization is doing or what this particular people is doing, but it's what the church might be isn't doing. Mm-hmm. And that's why our job is because we got the only message. Mm-hmm. The gospel is the only message that can offer salvation, that can reroute someone eternal destiny and can counsel somebody hell reservations. It's All the right. gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why we can't be mute. And we can't be silent, but we got to open our mouth and be more vocal and go where they are. We can't be scared, even if it's in the hood, even if it's in the projects, even if it's in the school. I don't care where they are. He said, go get them and hallelujah, help them get to where they need to be. And that's really important, too, because we have been given the Great Commission to be able to, like you said, to go out there and find the lost. And we know that the harvest is ripe and the labors are few. And so. For people that don't know that are listening out there, what is evangelism? Because you said some important points, but they may not know what evangelism is. A lot of people are going to church week in, week out, and they're not evangelizing. They're just coming to the church to get evangelized themselves, to get a refill, so to speak. So so what is evangelism? So evangelism is simply this, it's sharing Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's providing them with the gospel that has the power to offer salvation, to deliver them from sin, and hallelujah, also keep them in position where they can get in relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. I told you about relationship is man's greatest need, but it's also the father's greatest desire. More mm-hmm. than anything in the world, what we need is to be connected with Jesus Christ. And that's what evangelism offers. It offers you a connection with Jesus. It's a connection. This connectivity will lead to a different activity, but also carry out productivity. Yeah. It will help you walk in a way you never walk, lived in a way you never lived. It's a it's an introduction to a new life with him. It's mm-hmm. to now no longer do life by yourself, but now Jesus said, please let me do life with you. Think about it. We're going to go through storms, heartaches, trials, tribulations. Let me get you back on this relationship. I told you about how this relationship leads to friendship, leads to kinship. Without relationship, you can't worship. It's only one type of ship you can have without relationship, and that's hardship. It's a guarantee that your life, hallelujah, will be rough, will be tough, Without Jesus Christ, the greatest crisis is not the COVID-19, it's not the coronavirus, but the greatest crisis is to be Christless, is to be without Jesus. That's so important. And I'm I'm hoping that people hear that today because it's really, really important because, uh, like I said, there's so much going on. People were focusing on the 9-11 at first, and then they were focused on the, the virus that happened, and they keep focusing on what's happening in the world's financial system. And their focus is off. And their focus is not really putting their eyes on Christ. And what you said is really, really important. And it needs to, you know, to be given attention to the relationship that we have with Christ. Now, who's 
who's qualified to evangelize? Because you got many people all over the world going to different churches and things like that. And you did mention talking to the individuals about Christ. That's evangelism. Who is qualified to um, evangelize? Every child of God has the duty, has the obligation of sharing with someone the same one that changed your life. He's too good to keep to yourself. Let me tell you this. The greatest thing that ever happened to me was me giving my life to Jesus. And think about it. Whenever you find something amazing, whenever you find something, a good restaurant that served good food or a good sale at a store, you say, listen, girl, you better come on to this restaurant. That's right. Hey, man, you ain't never taste no steak like this. Don't you know they got a, a 75% off sale at yes. Macy's or whatever the case? And you're yes. so excited. And your excitement to tell them about this opportunity ought to be the same or even more with Jesus. Don't you know I was in the dark when he brought me in the light? Don't you know he gave me mercy for my misery? Don't you know he gave me healing for my sickness? He gave me grace for my grief. He gave me medicine for my malady. Listen, I was like this, but listen, he changed my life. Let me introduce you just like the woman at the well. Yes. When she met Jesus, she, she went to the well sick. But she left well after meeting him at the well. Mm -hmm. And after she met him, she said, it's too good to keep to myself. She said, come see a man. Mm -hmm. And that was her job was. Even she, she had just met Jesus and was mm -hmm. qualified to share Jesus. Mm -hmm. See, some people um, is hesitant because of what they don't know. But don't let what you don't know keep you from sharing what you do know. Because it's a whole lot what I don't know, but guess what? I do know a whole lot about who he is and what he's done for me, and I'm going to continue to share what I do know because I know what it's done for me personally. And the Bible says, share the gospel, preach the gospel to every creature. Why? Because no matter where you go in the world, you can be on the plane, you can be on the train, you can get off the boat. Whenever you land, it'll be somebody there that needs the Jesus that saved you. And that's so true everywhere. I mean, people that we meet, we are our brother's keeper, you know, as, as the scripture said. How does a person that wants to evangelize some simple steps that they can take? Because a lot of times people think they have to have, they have to be as knowledgeable as a pastor. They're afraid to just walk up to strangers. Like you said, being on the plane, being, you know, sitting in the train, sitting waiting for a train or something like that. How can a person that wants to evangelize, they're afraid to evangelize, but they know that they're feeling an urge to share the love of Jesus Christ, to share this, this person that has changed their life, like you said, has brought them from a zero to a hero in their life, in the world. How can they begin to take some steps to just get out there and to put their toe in the water and get the foot wet at least? See, I'm, I'm, I was just like that. I was kind of shy too growing up. Mm -hmm. I'm more like an introvert kind of in my younger years and God somehow just opened that thing up. But can I tell you what my motivation is? Yes. Um, it's my love for God and my obedience to his word. Mm -hmm. I just know you cannot lose obeying God. Mm -hmm. And then I realized how much it hurt me doing all these funerals of young people dying prematurely. Mm -hmm. um, it, I just think about how crushing it is to not know how many funerals I have done for homicide, how many mamas I have seen crying over caskets. How many RIP t-shirts are printed out in my community? How nobody get more business to the funeral home. So if I stay, if I stay silent, my community will stay violent. So I have to know that, listen, either I speak up 
either I speak out or continue to relive this miserable moment. So mm -hmm. my love for God, my love for people, which is the great commandment, <laughs> it prepares me for the great commission. And let me tell you this before I um, answer that question even deeper. It's a mm -hmm. sin to be good mm -hmm. when God called you to be great. Wow. Say that again, Pastor. It's a sin to be good when God calls you to be great. Notice he said, this is the great commission. He, this is not the good commandment. This is the great commandment. We don't say good is he that's in me, that he that's in the world. We say greater is he that is in me, that he that's in the world. And listen, God expects greatness from you because he has deposited greatness in you. Don't yeah. you know how great you are? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And sometimes we are hesitant because sometimes we got an even bad view of our own self. Mm. And the enemy don't want you to make that discovery of how wow. amazing you are, how you are a change agent, how you are a difference maker. And as mm. long as he can convince you to keep your mouth closed, he mm. can convince others to keep from hearing it and stay where they are. Let me tell you this, my love for God and my obedience and my success in evangelism is not predicated upon them saying yes to what I'm offering them, but my success is predicated on me saying yes and being obedient to what God told me to do. Because when I offer you Christ today, you might not accept him, but it could be a seed I planted that creates curiosity that you might go home and try to go to sleep and my voice will be echoing in your head. And you say, you know what? I am going to try this, Jesus. If somebody mm. else come to me, I'm going to give them a shot. I'm going to give them an opportunity. Mm. I'm going to give Jesus a chance to enter into my life. I'm going to try to do life with Jesus. And you can't be afraid to be rejected. Mm. And then I have to realize, what? tell me anything greater than I can have to give mm. you than him. Mm. Mm. That's important. When you said being afraid of being rejected, a lot of people are afraid to be rejected. Um, you know, rejection is real. How do you, or are they're resentful because somebody maybe said something to them and they're now resentful. I'm not going to go talk to them. You know, it's kind of like the man in the Bible said, well, Jesus, you, you, God, you want me to go to reach these people. Um, but you know, if I go to talk to them, you're only going to forgive them. So why should I even go? You know, that's that situation. So for the people that feel that they're afraid of rejection, rejection from people, um, as far as evangelizing, what do you, how do you help those individuals? to not feel that the rejection of reaching out in evangelism shouldn't be as strong, shouldn't be that strong. You just got to step over and do it anyway. You can't take it personal. Oh, wow. You can't take this personal. This is not about you. In mm -hmm. actuality, they're not rejecting you. They could be just rejecting Christ. Mm -hmm. And you have to realize you are just the male man or the male woman. All mm -hmm. you're doing is delivering the mail. Wow. So they don't want the mail don't come from you. <laughs> the mail that the, the post office delivered don't come from the post office. It ends up at the post office from somewhere else. Yeah. And that's my job is just to carry and deliver this mail to you. But mm. sometimes they're not rejecting Christ. They might be rejecting you. See, some people not anti-Christ. They might mm. first be anti-you. Oh. You got to make sure some people been lied to their whole life. Some yes. people, you know what I mean, been, been scammed and schemed and been taken advantage of that. So when you talk about inner city evangelists, you talk about a different ball game. Yes. So you got you got the right heart. You got the right attitude. You're going to mean what you say. If you tell them something, you got one time to keep that word or get that promise, or you are entered into the category of anybody else. 
And you got to realize, listen, they need it. So mm-hmm. think about it. When you were, when you was young, have you ever had that nasty medicine your mom tried yes, to give you? Yes, yes, yes. Even though you ain't want it and you tried to, re- listen, your mama didn't care if you wanted it or not. It's not what you wanted. It was what you needed. Yes. So if I love you enough, I have to give you this medicine or I have to watch you stay sick. And at the end of the day, I know that God assigned me to you. And if you make it to hell because I was quiet, it's on me. But if you missed this opportunity of a lifetime because you rejected, now it's on you. Wow. How does a person shake the fear to be able to go out there and vandalize? Because like you said, they may be ready. They want to. They have, they're equipped with some Bible knowledge, but they got to shake the fear and just go ahead and do it anyway. You got to realize what fear comes from. It don't come from God. First of all, some people are afraid because they think they're alone. For one, you're not by yourself. <laughs> you got the promise of his presence. He said, if you go low, I will be with you. Wow. wow. I'll be with you when you open your mouth. Mm-hmm. I'll be with you when you stand in front of them. Listen, mm-hmm. you will have help. I'll give you the words to say. I'll mm-hmm. give you the response. I'll give you the ears. He said, you're not alone. So first of all, you don't have to be afraid or fearful because you're not alone. Now we got to understand what fear is. Yes. Fear doesn't come from God. The spirit of fear doesn't come from God. God did not give you the spirit of fear. It's power, love, and a sound mind. So what you got to do is replace fear with that faith. You got to mm-hmm. stand on God's word because faith and fear are mutually exclusive. They're spiritual opposites. Whenever you allow fear to come in, you have just given your faith an eviction notice. They cannot cohabitate in the same heart at the same time. Mm-hmm. Faith, F-A-I-T-H, forsaken all, I trust him. No mm-hmm. matter what it looks like, I trust him, even if yeah. they reject him. I trust him. Fear, F-E-A-R, is future events already ruined. Sometimes we fearful because we don't know how they're going to look at us. Yes. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. They might look at us funny. They might look at us crazy. They might slam the door in our face. And notice how it is. Different other religions and entities don't care how many times the door is closed in their face. They still coming and knock on that door. True. That's very true. This one blows my mind. I've seen more entities aggressive with a lie, and I've seen us lazy with the truth. My God, my God, that's the truth. <laughs> and, and the word no is not always a bad word. If you look at the word no, it's spelled N-O, which is an acronym for next opportunity. Mm-hmm. Every time you get a no, it just gets me excited because I'm that much closer to a yes. Yes, that's right. That's right. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the organizations because you're doing the ministry in Gary and then you decided to go and open another campus in Hammond, Indiana. Like I said, we got some of the same problems worldwide in different cities. Uh, So talk a little bit about the organization, that other campus in in Hammond, Indiana. Man, it was God given. It was birthed out of what we talk about now. God planted us in position to reach more. See, when you study biology, a branch of biology is called ecology. Mm-hmm. Ecology deals with an organism that's introduced to a new environment. So, for example, to make it plain, when you take a seed, this organism, and you plant it to this new environment called the ground, what's amazing is that the, um, the ground don't change the seed, but it's the seed that changed the ground. 
Every place the seed is planted, a change and transformation take place. The ground is no longer a same, the same because the seed was introduced to it. And yes. it was God planted us, strategically planted us in Hammond, Indiana as a seed because God is expecting us to bring more change and transformation for his glory and to build his kingdom. It's people hurting everywhere. It's people lost everywhere. It's people struggling everywhere. It's people that need help and hope everywhere. And that's what God has called us and planted us to bring hope to the hopeless, help to the helpless, to help people who don't have peace, be able to contact with a peace that surpass all understanding. Now, it was a challenge to get him. Mm. Um, the average income in Gary, Indiana is 18000 to 22000 A lot of people are struggling. Imagine trying to make it of $18,000 in 365 days. 12 wow. months to make it of 18000 So um, I said, okay, God, how's this going to happen? So this church, um, someone ended up calling my wife and said, you think you think your husband would be interested? She said, yes, he always talking about expanding to reach more laws, to help more people, to be able to do things in ministry, open schools, provide um, programs, foundations, give out scholarship, help the students that's behind in their grades get back caught up, help people to find jobs. My son has a form of sickle cell. Um, you're supposed to pass away when you lose 40% of the blood in your body. My son, at the age of four, lost 50% of the blood in his body, and he's still here. So in that same building, man, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, thank you, God. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. He's, he just turned 18 years old. Hallelujah. Looking great. Looking amazing. He looked like a model. He's beautiful. God yes. is doing everything. Nobody but God. He played yes. football, baseball. It's amazing what the Lord has done. Had multiple surgeries. Got his spleen removed. Got his gallbladder removed. Um, You name it. Um, I'm missing one appendix removed. And you when you look at him, he don't look like he ever had a sick day. Jesus. So even in that same building, we always had a, a desire to have the headquarters for our sickle cell foundation. Yeah. yeah. So this building opens up again, but we just put an indoor basketball facility because in the summer, a lot of times young men and young women get introduced to peer pressure in the wrong stuff by being just at the basketball course with kids trying to be kids. Is that the basketball court where you learn how to shoot dice? Is that the basketball court when you start getting familiar with weed smoke? Is that the basketball court when you see the local gang bangers and drug dealers with pistols hanging out? And so sometimes our playgrounds look like battlegrounds. So I wanted to create a safe haven or a safe place where people can come in. What's safer place than a house of God where they can be students and not have to be influenced and challenged every time they go to have fun? That's important. So, Very important. That's very important. And you mentioned that, you know, about some of the foundations that you have, the sickle cell. What are some of the other services that you're offering in the Gary and in the um, Hammond, Indiana campuses? Some of the other services and things that you're doing there in the church. So we're doing food drives. We feed um, people that need food. That's our desire. We have fed over 7,000 families since COVID. Um, we do scholarship giveaways. We have given out over 50 scholarships since COVID. Um, my wife even works for a foundation where she have given out over 7.8 million scholarships in the last eight years. Um, we have tutoring. Um, we've been starting up now. We, we just finished a commercial yesterday about the release that we're doing a cheerleading camp 
So we're going to offer something to the young ladies for not only will they learn how to cheer, um, they will learn how to be young ladies with integrity, character, team building. Um, we do a Bibles and basketball segment to teach principles of integrity, to um, eliminate them being classroom behaviors and build a self-esteem. I found out the average young girl take 15 selfies before they find one they think is suitable to place on Facebook or Instagram, which means subconsciously they find 14 times out of 15 times something they don't like about themselves. Wow. It's amazing. So we got so many different programs that we do on these magnitudes trying to build people. So when this building was much more than building people, building buildings, it was about building people, equipping God people. See, the, the other side of evangelism, me introduce you to Christ, is discipleship. Without discipleship, evangelism is incomplete. See, mm -hmm. uh, me preaching the gospel gets you out of the world, but me teaching you the gospel get the world out of you. Mm -hmm. Preaching and teaching go hand to hand. Preaching delivers you, teaching develops you. So that's my job is to help you become complete because if you only healthy, if you made up of five dimensions, physically, spiritually, relationally, emotionally, psychologically, if I go through these and you only strong in one area and the rest of the area is weak, at best you can be is 20% of who you are. Mm. But I want to strengthen you in every other aspect for you can be the total you that God created you to be. If you become the you that God created you to be, then you can properly do what God created you to do. So I teach a class. It's powerful. You don't have to be a member. It's called Tree of Life University. It's a class to help you discover your purpose or why you on earth. Because mm. nobody is here just to be here. And nobody is on earth just to take up space. You are not an accident, but you are part of God's divine providence. So it's the class to get you in alignment with your God-given assignment so you can carry out your God-given assignment. And, you know, it's so, so important walking in purpose, you know, um, being unique and, and uniquely designed and things like that. Let's talk a little bit about building, uh, you know, building the character, building people. Uh, I know that's you walking in your purpose. That's a part of your calling as far as reaching people for Christ. But you mentioned the university. Um, and how important is that to you? Because you could just preach and just go ahead on home and do what you do. But you're interested in building individuals, building lives, changing lives, not just preaching the gospel and going home. So let's talk a little bit about the university and some of the components that can change life and be a catalyst for change in the community. Man, my life was changed at the Tree of Life mm. and come under an amazing pastor, Pastor Reverend Dr. Cato Brooks Jr. He, he always pushed me to be at my best. Man, I was... I was taught on a seminary level before I went to seminary. Mm. And um, he was the one that poured all of who. See, him and my grandfather was great friends. My grandfather was a pastor, the founder of the Christian Indiana Christian Rescue Mission. Yes. My grandfather was also the founder of the Indiana Christian Bible College. Okay. So he had a, a heart of equipping people to help them become everything that God created them to be. So watch this. If God didn't want you to be you, he wouldn't have never made you you. Mm. So wow. many people go through life trying to be something or somebody else. And they discount God's design as if God made them. He, he dropped the ball. He didn't do a good enough job. They discount God's design. But listen, they need to know the power of who they are. So that's why this class is so important. Because the person... 
that refuse to become who God created them to be, watch this, is the person that is guilty of committing robbery twice. Wow. Let me say that one more time. The person who refused to become who God created them to be is a person that is guilty of committing robbery twice. The first person you rob is yourself. Because if you never become the you that God created you to be, then you can never experience the life that God intended for you to have. God said, I have a blessing for you, but the blessing never the blessing will never reach you if you never become that you. God just don't want you to be holier. He wants you to be you-ier. More of the you that he created you to be. It's power and just you being you. And so many people in life die trying to become everything else and never become themselves. Wow. One of the greatest tragedies in the world is to watch this, is to live and then die without ever discovering the purpose of why you was born. Mm. Mm. So here we go. Not only do you rob yourself, but also you rob the world. You are a gift from God to this earth. You are a gift from heaven to earth. But if you never become that gift, then I can never receive that gift. And that's important because he is a gift giver, not only through the Holy Spirit, but through other ways and things like that. It's really, really important. Um, the Tree of Life University, I, I just want people to be able to uh, tune in and check in and find out more information about that um, organization and things like that. Pastor, how can our audience get in contact with you? Because there's two different campuses, but I know that you're not just local there because you have a, you have a global ministry. The world needs to hear your message. The world needs to hear your uniqueness. The world needs to hear how you can walk in purpose and how you need to evangelize no matter where you are. Um, the world needs to hear your voice. So how can our, our listening audience get in contact with you to get more information on the Tree of Life Ministry, um, the foundation, you know, the school, the different ministries that you all, you all have as far as, you know, the food pantry and, and other things. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And let me tell you this, you are absolutely amazing too. What you're doing is touching hearts and blessing a lot of people. Before I talk about how to get in contact with me, I just want to thank you for being you. Our lives are better because you're walking in your purpose. So, um, you can get in contact with me in a multiplicity of ways. Um, you can get in contact with me um, through Facebook um, at Eric Boone. Also, Tree of Life MBC. Again, Tree of Life MBC Gary. And also Tree of Life MBC Hammond. Mm -hmm. That's our wow. Facebook pages. Um, we also have a U um, YouTube page. It's under my name, Eric Boone. Also, um, my email, where my team have access to it, is dr for doctor. My first name, Eric, E-R-I-C, last name, Boone, B-O-O-N-E, then S-R for senior at gmail.com. And also, you can get me on Instagram, where my, hat, my, my name is tagged R-E-V for Rev, and then my last name, Boone, B-O-O-N-E. It will means the world. You don't have to be a member to be a part of Trail Life University. <clears throat> I can send you the syllabus. You have homework every week. You will take the midterm and you will be able to graduate after you take the final exam. And if you want to, you can fly in for the commencement, for the graduation. You have the cap and gown. <clears throat> we will play the dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you have the music behind you. You bring your family. You get your diploma and your certificate. 
And man, you go out and do great things in life. It'll mean the world if you want to be a part of this. <clears throat> you know, folks that, that are listening out there, um, I want you to know that this is a ministry. This is an organization that needs to be a part of your life. This is not just happenstance. You did not come this far to only come this far. And Pastor Boone has a message that can reach into the hearts and the minds of not only young people, but the older people, uh, people of all different nationalities and cultures and people that are are stuck in a situation. Pastor Boone, I want you to just speak to a person out there that is going through some darkness. They don't know how to come out to see the light. They're in a tunnel and they're trying to find the way to get back to their place of uh, maybe where they were or just trying to find God again. Um, there's a lot of people that are in drugs and alcoholism. They may have lost a loved one, a mother, father, or someone that was a, an important person in their life. They may be struggling with an illness that they, the doctors told them there's nothing that we can do. And so they're just on a timeline waiting. What is something that you can say, give them a message of hope for those going through anxiety, depression, loneliness, uh, being influenced by the wrong influences? Um, speak to the heart of that individual and give them hope because that's what the world needs is hope today. Hallelujah. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, I know exactly, um, not exactly how you feel, but I'm similar to um, exactly how you feel. Um, I have been through so many things in life, um, dealing with anxiety, um, even separation anxiety when I lost my father, lost my grandparents. Um, finding myself in a low place in life, feel like I couldn't win for losing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, we serve a God that specializes. No matter what you're going through, God just don't know about it. He got the power to do something about it. Let me tell you something about Jesus. He's not just a problem fear, but he is a problem solver. He loves you. The word of God said, cast all your cares upon him. That word cast means more than just hand it to Christ. That word cast means to throw it far. So far, is at a distance now that you can no longer put your hands on. You can't go back to it and pick it up again. It's to take it out of your hands and put it in God's hand. This battle, this situation. I know you frustrated, irritated, and aggravated. I know you sick and tired of being sick and tired. I know you feel like you can't win for losing. But let me tell you this. Life is better with Jesus. Jesus said, listen, come unto me, all you who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is giving you an invitation that can lead to your transformation. What you're going through right now, you don't have to go through it alone. What you're dealing with right now, you don't have to deal with it alone. Let me tell you this. Jesus want to do life with you. I know you in the dark. He want to offer you light. Light is spelled L-I-G-H-T. That's living in God wholly together. God said, let's do life together. Let's go through this life together. I know you're going through a storm, but guess what? Jesus can speak to your storm. He's a storm stopper. He can take you out of the dark, but sometimes God will put you in the dark because God develops in the dark. Yes. I remember in a photography class, I was taking pictures and in order for me to be able to see the capture and see the moment that I always wanted to visualize to see what it will become, I first had to take it into the dark. I had to take it out of my camera, put it in some solution. It was irritated. It was agitated. It was shaken up, upside down and all over. Then it was hung up for a little while. 
And after that, an image came, a beautiful image came that touched my heart and my mind because the picture is actually worth over a thousand words. What if I told you that mm -hmm. God was putting something together for you in the dark? He was developing you. He put you in the dark for certain things can get access to you in this season. What if I told you it was a blessing in the storm? I heard a story that blew my mind. It was a mother walking with a little child. And as they was walking home from school, it got real dark. It started raining. It started storming, thunder and lightning. And every time the lightning started flashing, the little girl would stop, look up, and smile. The mother looked at her strange but kept walking, trying to get home. The lightning flashed again. The little girl stopped, looked up, and smiled. She said, why you keep smiling? When the lightning is flashing, she said, it's easy, Ma. She said, what? She said, God is taking my picture. Hello, <laughs> now. <laughs> and she wanted to make sure that while she was going in the storm, that when God sees her face smiling, no matter what I'm going through on the outside, I'm still trusting you on the inside. I uh -huh. need you to keep your faith to hold on to God, to not let anything keep you from trusting. The enemy wants you to give up. The enemy wants you to quit. Don't make your move too soon. Don't throw in the towel because you're going to need that towel to dry off when the storm is over. Let me tell you this. Every storm runs out of rain. Hallelujah. And every storm runs out of, it has an expiration date. Every storm that I've seen come also had to go. It won't be like this always. Trouble don't last always. And weeping may do for a night. Hallelujah. But joy, it comes in the morning. Hang in there. God loves you. Thank Amen. you for that. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you all, we want to pass the offering plate about right now. <laughs> the doors of the church are definitely open. Yes, um, Pastor Boone, I want to thank you so much because you have been an inspiration um, to our listening audience today, even to people within our studio on today. Um, I want you all to get in contact with Pastor Boone. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, I want you to visit our website at www.road2eternity.net to get more information. Pastor Boone's information will be on there and you'll be able to get in contact with him as well on there. Pastor Boone, we're going to be doing some things together. Know that. Please, <laughs> Trust that. that because God is good and he did not allow this to happen for no reason. So we're excited to, to know you. I thank you so much for imparting into the hearts and minds of the people encouragement. It's so much needed worldwide. And so I want to thank you. Folks, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast today. Like I said, you can visit our website to get more information. I want you to know that you are strategically gifted and uniquely designed. Use your gift the way that Pastor Boone is using his gift to impact the world. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.